And we're lucky today to be joined by Dr. Jason Kindrichuk, who is Assistant Professor and Canada Research Chair in Emerging Viruses at the University of Manitoba. And Dr. Kindrichuk knows a, a fair amount about this. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to have you aboard. There are a few stories in the news that I want to uh, turn our attention to immediately because I know you'll have comment on them. What about this business that uh, we've heard about in the last 24, 48 hours of the United States deciding that it was going to deal with Gilead uh, science and buy up pretty well all the remdesivir that there is. So all of the manufactured uh, product for July is going to the United States, 90% in August and September is going to the United States, which means that whatever we may have and whatever uh, other countries may have is all you're going to get. And it seems to be the only thing that can lessen the load for some patients of COVID-19. Is that a fair way to behave? <laughs> yes, it's such a, a great question, right? So, uh, you know, I kind of have to se separate the virologist myself out from you know, the, the, you know, kind of practical humanist out of this. Um, listen, we, I think we, we all kind of anticipated that, that this, uh, you know, would potentially happen when we get down to, to a point where we have, you know, one or two therapeutics that seem to work. Um, and, uh, and we have a, a global pandemic. I think that this has been ante anticipated, uh, since the days of, you know, 2009 pandemic flu and, and even prior to that. Um, is it fair? Uh, you know, no. I mean, that's part of the you know, Prairie Canadian side of me coming out and saying that, uh, you know, I think we need to look at, you know, what are the most vulnerable populations and where are we seeing concerns with spread and transmission from a global standpoint? Um, and, and where are we seeing that there, there's a high, uh, you know, high amount of, uh, of case fatalities? Um, you know, again, across the globe where we could be saving people. The U.S. is kind of a, it's a weird position, right? I think we look at it um, in many respects and, and think of it as, as being, you know, obviously a, a global, uh, global superpower. Um, but, but they are facing, you know, an unprecedented, uh, you know, uh, a scourge with, uh, with, with COVID-19. I mean, they're, you know, they have 25% or, you know, over 25% now of the total fatalities that we've seen in the, in the pandemic. So, I think there there is some reason to maybe uh, understand why why they're doing what they're doing with with stockpiling um, and, and with the you know current cases with what they're seeing increasing. I think it's it flies in the face of what the administration is saying that they have it under control and obviously they're concerned enough about spread right now that they're buying up all of the the available supplies. Um, but but I, I think we need to find uh, you know yet again a, a better system for distribution of these types of products. Uh, you know, when, when there is a global uh, crisis, that, that is going to be more equitable for, for all nations. Well, I understand that. And, and uh, I recognize, given the fact that uh, they have a quarter of the world's cases, and there are people who are saying, yeah, but they caused it. Well, that may be true, but it doesn't lessen the suffering of the people who have COVID-19. So maybe the, it could be said that they just need the remdesivir. But you know what? We're going to face this in the future because we're yeah. hearing, uh, as time marches on, that we're getting closer on uh, the various developments around the world by companies and universities, uh, scientists generally, of something that might give us an immunity. And uh, there's a, a story coming out of uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca virus uh, work that uh, they've got something that is going to go into uh, a, a situation where uh, we're into uh, stage three trials 
which is the last section uh, section of trials before, as I understand it, we can uh, see governments licensing the use of it. Uh, and it, it seems very promising. So they're going to be able to make uh, a million doses pretty quickly. A million doses in a world of 7 billion and in a situation where we already have recorded and on record 10 million people who have been infected is not a hell of a lot. So what's going to happen if this is coming out of, uh, of the UK? Are they going to buy the million doses and deny the rest of us? These are the problems we have to face. But what do you think about, I, I don't need any more comment on that because I think we agree on, on the whole issue of you have to be fair, but maybe we're not going to be able to be. But as, as we uh, get into a situation where there is actually an immune response in Reducing um, treatment or a vaccine, if you want to call it that, uh, how are we going to deal with that? Are, and are you optimistic that this is coming soon? Yeah, I'm. I'm listen, I'm more optimistic uh, now than than you know I probably was a, a few months ago. And, and the reason being is that we're we're not just actually seeing one platform that looks promising. We're actually seeing you know quite a few different platforms now that that are moving ahead. I mean, we've seen the you know the one coming out of uh, Oxford. Uh, we've also seen uh, Pfizer, you know, report some of their results from their nucleic acid-based uh, uh, vaccine that they're pushing forward. Um, we, we are going to, I think, be in a world pretty soon where we're going to have multiple platforms, um, and, and that's really what we need. I mean, I think that there's there's actually been some, con- you know, question been raised as to whether or not we'll have too many different options uh, in the next six months. And, and I think you have to look at that and say, listen, I, I'd much rather be in a world where we have too many uh, vaccine options than, than too few. Um, but I think we're we're getting more to that reality. The Oxford one is moving along quickly. We're we're looking at phase three trials, uh, you know, very quickly. And like you said, in, in the fall time, they they're already actually you know basically um, scaling up their manufacturing at the same time as they're running the phase threes, which basically puts them into a position that if they get good results, that that basically that vaccine could be licensed and distributed at, uh, at you know in real time. Um, so I, I think we're in a good position. Um, but ultimately, what we have to understand is that with all of these, with with any of these vaccine trials, um, once we get into the position of, uh, you know, phase three trials, once they start going into a very broad population, um, that could be, you know, the end for for some of these if if they don't happen to have the, the safety and efficacy profile uh, that they need. So I, I think we have a lot of reason to be optimistic, but I think we still need to be cautious um, and, and not get ahead of ourselves in believing that, yeah, by early 2021, we will have something that is ready to be distributed. I, I think it's promising, but but we have to still kind of understand we can't rest on our laurels with with this uh, virus. It, it is still it's transmitting widely. We're seeing it in Latin America. We're seeing it obviously in the U.S. and, and picking up steam in the Middle East. Um, we we are nowhere through this at uh, uh, you know at, at, at any stage right now. Okay, well, let's hope that if we uh, were to talk this time next year, we can look at it in the rearview mirror and be happy about it and tell me where I get in line when the stuff comes out. Dr. Kendrachuk, thanks for your time. Great, thanks for having me. Take care of yourself.